Welcome to episode 27 of the Alan Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to news and current events as we seek to live for Christ. Good evening, Helen. How are you doing? Good evening. I'm well, thank you. Have you? We're recording this at the end of the weekend. Have you had a good weekend so far? Uh, it's not quite finished yet, yes. is it? I mean, yeah, no, I've had a good weekend. Thank you. Yeah. Done anything exciting? Or... <laughs> Do you know, I, I knew you were going to ask that. I can't really remember. <laughs> I get to Sunday night, can't remember what I've done. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a sign of, I was going to say sign of age. I'm not sure age. it is. It's a sign of age or tiredness that you think, what, what, yeah, what did I do? A bit I, of what, both, I think. What did we do yesterday? Well, I'm not sure. Yeah. I can remember what I did this morning, um, just about. <laughs> But um, but yeah, but a lot's been a lot's been happening um, as ever in in the world in which we we live, and uh, in this this episode we wanted to touch on a few things. We've we've got a we've got a theme, and uh, the the theme that we're kind of what's the word we're, we're moving around is is we is revival or survival. And uh, I think the things we are going to talk about will fit into uh, to one of those two things, won't they, Helen? Because there's, a, there's yeah. been a few interesting topics, haven't there? There have, yeah. Uh, so shall we start off with the, um, the news of a revival in America in Asbury? Because this, for some of our listeners... They will be familiar with this. Um, uh, the Asbury Revival. Uh, Asbury is in um, Kentucky, in in America, and it's um, there's a, a university there, and there's a theological um, college, Asbury Theological uh, Campus, and they had what what they what has been described as as a revival and this began with a a sermon that was preached on february the 8th and from there it there seemed to just be a, a constant gathering of of mainly students i guess certainly at the start at least coming into the the the, the church auditorium to pray and to come before god and and to worship and, and it, it made headlines didn't it helen yeah yeah, it did. Um, maybe partly because it was in America. I'm not sure if it would have done if it was here. Yeah. Um, what, what, yeah. What were you, what were your what was your thoughts when you first heard about this? Because I think I think yeah, it'd be interesting to um, talk about this a little bit. Well, I think well, bit of a confession. When I hear of these kind of things in America, I you know sometimes I. Oh well, that's because it's America, isn't it? He's, mm. you know, um, yeah. I don't know. So I, I'm always questioning, wondering. Well, so what's what's actually happening there? It's very difficult, isn't it, when you're the other side of the world? So all you can see is what's on YouTube yeah, or social yeah. media. Yeah. I'm not very comfortable with that. I don't yeah. like really seeing. Mm, that's a bit funny. That's being on social media. Um, but then I think it's quite good to listen to people who actually are involved. So I was able to do that. Um, so that's quite helpful. And you can hear from the people actually there, not reporters or people who've traveled a thousand miles to go and mm. take part, which mm -hmm. seemed, seemed a bit odd to me. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, yeah. as far as I could make out, there was there wasn't a particular um, personality no. leading or uh, organizing it, which which was a, seems a good thing from a point of view that sometimes you know often if you have the, a, a personality involved, you think mm, I'm not so sure. Maybe it's just more about the person than than perhaps a, a move of God, let's say. But that that seemed and uh, and it does does seem to be. Um, some elements that you read about and, and hear about, you think, oh, okay, yeah, that 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 sounds a good thing. So humility. There's there's been talk of repentance, hasn't there? I think that's yeah. come up a bit. Um, but I suppose I suppose what what we want to try and do is is always that thing of first of all work out is is this genuine or or not and. Whenever somebody talks about revival, I, I I instinctively think about the the revivals that we had in this country. And they were a while ago now, weren't they, Helen? I think yeah, so there's yes. a couple that come to mind. Yeah, I was having a look up about the uh, revivals, the history of revivals in the UK, and um, it's quite it's it's really interesting actually. You know, you think, oh yeah, I know about that, but actually, when I was reading. It, so exciting trying to imagine you know several hundred years ago and what it must have been like um so i was looking at the 18th century revival um so people like john wesley george whitfield Mm -hmm. preaching um and we get some of our amazing hymns like um when i survey the wondrous cross love divine or love's excelling amazing grace they came out from that period um and I was reading about um, during meetings, the crowd would fall to the ground, dropping as thunderstruck. This is what, you know, writings from the time said, enthusiastic singing, powerful preaching, crowds gripped with conviction, repentance and weeping um, and untold thousands being saved. Mm. Um, then there was a Cornish revival in the 1780s. Uh, and again, evening meetings until midnight, impacting the nation with um, a climate for political reform, such as I think that's where um, fr- or from out of that came um, the move towards the abolition of slavery. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the 19th century revival, the Great Awakening, yep. um, bringing millions to Christ and triggering off global mission uh you know impacting millions more um so yeah and again amazing hymns came out from that the founding of the salvation army mm-hmm. came out of that mm-hmm. um and then the other one um in the hebrides in the 1950s i think with the two old ladies sisters yes. i think they were who yeah. would were praying um, night and day, and then I think others joined them. And um, and then out of that, um, I was reading that that when these people were gathering, and um, apparently the police stations were inundated with people coming to confess their sins and wow. crying out for mercy, and the police didn't know what to do with them. Wow. So people convicted of their sin going confessing to the police. Can you imagine that? 
Yeah, that that would be that be quite a turnaround, wouldn't it? And there, there was a Welsh revival as well, wasn't there? Um, and then the Welsh revival, which had similar yeah. similar things happened, like in terms of just dramatic change in in not only it started in the church, obviously, but it, as it grew, as it kind of affected the community, you know, pit ponies didn't understand what the miners were saying apparently because they would normally swear at them and they'd stop swearing and pubs wouldn't yeah. be wouldn't be full of people so much because they'd be spending the money looking after their families um yeah. and, and I, this got actually this got me got me thinking because i suppose thinking about the Welsh revival maybe that the hebridean one as well the, the kind of what what's the litmus test of of the age and perhaps then it was things like drinking. You know, do, do you going? You going? If you're going to the going to the pub too much, stop drinking. And people being changed dramatically, and 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 not doing that, for example, or or the or they see a, a, just a complete, like you were saying, they go and confess their sins in the police station, and mm. and and judges are twiddling their thumbs because they don't have so many cases to do. And that I do wonder, you know, what is what is the lit, what would be the litmus test now if revival were to were to happen and i think it's worth we should we should also talk about the word revival as well in a minute because i think that's that's going to be important but so for example like in our last podcast we 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 chatted with dave brennan who heads up brefos um which is a project helping churches have um, have abortion on their radar, so to speak, so they can talk about it and help people through it and understand the the uh, serious implications that it has. So I think you could say abortion could be a litmus test of our time. So if revival was to break out, that would be one of the things we could reasonably expect to see impacted. Because that's huge. That can't go under the carpet. So, if something is, um, if something is 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 genuine, you would expect, as the repentance element, it to have significant effects from turning away from things that are are uh, rebellious and and sinful and and separate us from God and bring us into the light. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's a question I would have about about the about the As- Asbury one because there was a, uh, I take this with a pinch of salt, I suppose. But, but you know, one of the things was you know we the quote was we experience joy, we experience love, we experience peace, which is fantastic. You know, fruits of the spirit. That's amazing. But was there about say the fear of God as well? As those things um maybe there was and not having been there don't know um but um again another litmus test of our of our time would be human sexuality wouldn't it you know where yeah. where, where do we where do is is it is it is it okay to marry adam and steve mm. in the church you know, because those are questions. We'll come on to those in a bit as well. But there was there was somebody, um, apparently who, who 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 came into the Asbury revival 
they say a street preacher, whatever that means, wearing a T-shirt, um, condemning uh, gay sex and other things. And according to the staff there, he was, you know, escorted off the property. Now, wasn't there. Didn't see what happened. You can imagine that some things would get out of hand. You think that's not appropriate. But the point is, is that's a litmus test of of the age in which we live, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And yes. and I think I think if we're saying if we're going to say okay, revival's broken out, then and and people are repenting, then brilliant. But you know, there are certain things which are going to be quite high up on the the list of things needing to repent from. And if those things yeah. are not, then I would think, hold on a sec, not. Not saying this isn't genuine, but I do have questions about it. Yeah, well, we serve a God who transforms. And we saw that every example where you see Jesus encountering someone who he heals um, or, you know, you see dramatic change in their life, mm. that their lives are transformed yeah. and they turn from their sin. Um. Or they, or they don't, or they choose not to and choose to walk away. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but that's what Jesus calls us to is is a turning away from our old life and a, um, to follow Him. And we serve a holy God. And I think um, when revival comes and when the Holy Spirit is at work. Um, I would expect to see um, a, a kind of a recognition of the holiness of God mm. and then looking at ourselves and seeing how far short we fall. Yes, yes. And that's what then leads us to repentance and to turn to God. Yeah, absolutely. And to want absolutely. to follow him and to want to imitate Jesus. Yeah, And that magnifies grace, doesn't it? It magnifies what Jesus has done for us on the cross. When 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 we see how how wretched we are before God, then the mercy of God becomes so much more more precious. And and it and it's important, I think, to to also note that this it it always starts in the church. It's the church kind of, if you like, getting its house in order. Yeah. And coming back to these litmus tests that we mentioned, things like abortion, things like um, sexuality, that is something the church needs to get its house in order about. It shouldn't be, because it shouldn't be, because it should it should be very straightforward where the church stands on these things, but sadly it isn't. So that mm. should be, those things would be on the list. Though of course there'll be other things as well, absolutely. But if those things aren't on the list... I think something somewhere is wrong. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's. I think repentance, holiness, fear of God, like say, change, change of uh, a changed life, and then you see, wow, yeah, you see God move, and you see Him drawing His people to Himself, separating themselves from the world, not in terms of um, being physically removed from it, but being consecrated towards God, consecrated to Him and His purposes. Um, which is what we are actually called to be and called to do and fall often at that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think 
Also, just on this whole thing, revival, in terms of the word, it could just be me, but sometimes when I when I hear people talk about revival, it's, it's like we... We want to have revival in this nation. Have you heard that, Helen, where people yeah. talk about it? And um, I have to be honest, I, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I, I struggle with that from, a, um, I think, a, a biblical viewpoint. And, um, and it, it feels like we're not grasping what this is actually about. I think sometimes the word revival is unhelpful. Awakening, perhaps, is a... Is a more helpful word um but yeah the, the what the bible does make clear is it, it gets bet it gets worse before it gets better and it only gets better when jesus returns so the idea that having oh we, you know the whole nation is going to turn turn to turn to christ at the end of the day if god wills that of course that's not outside the realm's possibility at all but that does seem to be tricky do you, do you do you know what i mean or do you not agree with that uh no yeah i i do and um the current trajectory would suggest that um it's not looking like that no <laughs> no and you know don't get us wrong it's not not suggesting for a minute that we don't we don't we don't pray for for communities to be transformed and lives to be transformed of course we do that that's what that's that's the mission um but I think we have uh, sometimes a, a, an almost sentimental view of of it, it's all tied up in our culture. It's tied up in the idea that oh, we we are historically the good guys, and 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 you know we we um, we are here. To, we are a at heart a Christian nation. No, we're not anymore. No. We're not. No. Uh, we 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 have as a nation turned our back on God. Uh, and I think where the excitement can be for us as Christians is actually for the church to um, be strengthened by the fact that perhaps we're more on the edges now than we used to be, but doing that, uh, but using that to actually strengthen us to cause us to turn wholeheartedly towards Christ and His purposes in our life, so that we might see Him move and move in power, and then lives can be changed for for his glory um but but i think that's quite different to a whole nation turning turning to christ um but you know time will tell won't it but but uh, time will tell. i think yeah. i think that's where i kind of you know struggles a bit with the with this idea of of of, of revival do you, do you have any any anything else you want to to talk about this before before we, before we move on to something which is 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 quite closely um linked in in some ways yeah. Um, well, no. Just thinking about that, um, I think. Well, certainly over the last uh, two or three years, we've seen, um, you know, some significant challenges for the church. Certainly mm. in in our country, um, and it's felt a bit to me a bit like um, quite a time of testing. Yeah. And uh, seeing. Uh, people, you know, how important is church to you? People falling away, people disappearing from church. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And I, I just wonder if, just thinking about revival, um, you know, I'd love to see that happen, but I just doubt that's going to happen until 
the church gets on its knees until we as Christians really understand um, what God has done for us and really nail our colours to the mast and really are prepared to follow him. And that means in every part of our lives that Christ has to be Lord in every area of our lives. And I think that's a real challenge for us as Christians in the West. It's 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 a it's a huge challenge because there is such a, a disparity of, of of opinion within the church as to as to things which you know is is the Bible actually true? Can it be trusted? You know, do do we have different viewpoints on this this and this? And how do we interpret this particular passage? And we and we we end up kind of tying ourselves in knots and and and, and instead of going. I suppose hard after truth and being willing to say to say the difficult things say actually this is right or this particular thing is wrong and we just have to go with that um we we make it much harder for ourselves than necessary but I do think I mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying totally agree and I think there will be um there's always a remnant again you see this yeah. throughout throughout the whole of scripture there is always a remnant that god god keeps and, and whatever happens i think we need to encourage one another to 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 be part of that remnant however that looks um and yeah because yeah. we 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 need to build one another up in order to keep going and that's that's yeah. part of the part of the job of the church isn't it yeah definitely and maybe so when you were saying about awakening pray for an awakening i would say pray for an awakening in the church we need that first yes we do um, absolutely absolutely we 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 do need do need a, a waking up from 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 a slumber in the, in the church yeah. and you know maybe this is this is this is certain i can well imagine that this will have happened to some people at the asprey revival or awakening or however one should correctly term it um and we'll just have to wait and see what testimonies come out of that in in the months yeah. and years years ahead but that that will be worth hearing i think yeah um, it would definitely yeah but um but yeah we we do need we do need to be awake and that, that's partly why we why we do this podcast isn't it we we want to encourage one another we want to encourage people who listen to it to 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 think yeah it's it's important that we're awake uh, because we want to hold on to Christ more tightly, follow him more diligently, live our lives for him. And like saying, Helen, we, we've got to just allow our whole life to be open to God and him changing us and molding us into the men and women he calls us to be. Um, yeah, which leads us, leads us on nicely sadly nicely to mm. the to the church of england um where do we start helen do you do you want to do you want to do you want to kick us kick us off a little bit yeah. on this one the church of england um <laughs> i i would say from the start actually i'm not sure if i said before i grew up in the church of england okay and i um have dipped in and out of the church of england in my adult life i'm not currently going to a church of England church. Um, but it's almost like it's sort of in my blood. I can't keep away from it. So mm-hmm. I I do care passionately about, about it. And I find it really sad what's been happening. Um, and this um, latest um, 
saga, really. I think everyone will have seen on the news about about the um, vote in the General Synod recently. So this comes from the Living in Love and Faith report, which I think they've been working on since, I think it's 2017. That's a long time, isn't it? Wow. Okay, I yeah. didn't know that. That's, that is a long time. So a lot of time and energy and resources have been put into this. So, so, so it's been on a trajectory is another yes. way of another way of looking at this. It's been on a trajectory to the point it's got now for quite a long time, which I mean, yeah. you, you know, most well, a num- you could see that anyway. But but I didn't know that about the report. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the report is called a response from the bishops of the Church of England about identity, sexuality, relationships, and marriage. And it sets out the bishops' proposals and recommends areas for further work. And then General Synod a couple of weeks ago voted to endorse blessings of same-sex relationships. It it was a few. When was it? it was it was last month? Wasn't it last month? Um, it was a few uh, few weeks February, ago. February, yeah. 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 So a few weeks ago, when this was kind of really all kind of happening, and one there, there was a lot of pressure from people. Ironically, who, who wouldn't call themselves Christians and don't go to church, or if they do, it's it's you know a a funeral or a wedding or a christening, mm. um, like Sandy Toxvig. Sandy Toxvig, for example, yeah, yeah. Um, what's Peter Tatchell's another one, um, yeah. uh, Jane Jane Ozan, who probably would go to a church more than that, yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, but but yeah, but but um, these. These people were were putting tremendous pressure on on the on the Church of England to to basically ask them to um, have same sex weddings in the church, and this is a, essentially an outside pressure group. Which, I mean, it's just that's mind boggling, isn't it? I mean, are they do they do they do the same? Are they doing the same thing with? Um, Muslims? Uh, do we know? Um, are they are they are they putting the same pressure on them, or is that is it not so much a thing? Maybe I doubt they are. It. I don't know. They might be. <laughs> <laughs> um, who knows? But um, I, I doubt it as well, actually. But yeah, it's it, it's it's somewhat um, somewhat odd, isn't it? And, and so the ch- the church the Church of England have have yet again got themselves into a into a muddle with this, um, and. Have come up with it. Well, what can only be described, uh, uh, only described um, as a fudge, really, can't it, Helen? I think fudge. Yeah, yeah. So they've got. So they've basically pleased no one because they've Mm. got one. I mean, there shouldn't be side, should they? But side, as it were, wanting marriage um, in the church. So same-sex marriage they want in the church, and the other side who don't at all and so the fudge is oh well we'll have blessings so for people who have a civil partnership um they could then come to the church presumably and have some kind of service of blessing i don't understand it doesn't make any sense it's um it it doesn't it makes no sense whatsoever. The only the only sense it does make is in the context, I'm afraid, of the Church of England, which sadly this is what 
we have grown to expect from the Church of England, which is to come up with something which is A, unbiblical, and B, makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, try to please everyone and actually please no one in the process. Yes, yeah. And disobey God. And, yes, and move themselves further away from biblical orthodoxy in the process, which is what they, they've, 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 they've achieved all the wrong things, sadly. Um, but it's it's really interesting, isn't it, looking at what's been said about this. Um, so they they do a a letter, don't they? They've got a what's it called draft draft uh, draft um, love and faith. What's it called? Is it love and faith? Um, living in love. And living faith. in that's the one. Yeah. So um, they um, very soon. In fact, I think it was hours after the vote, mm-hmm. they issued a video which had clearly been made. Um, ready for this announcement, right. and um, so in in this video, you can look it up. We can we can link to it, um, which includes the Archbishop of Canterbury, all the senior people in the Church of England, um, and it goes through quite a lot of the things that are in this letter from the bishops, which is is on their website. And then they've also drafted prayers of, they call them prayers of love and faith. Right. Which are there ready for presumably those vicars who decide they are going to offer blessing of same-sex unions. Um, Because it's effectively going to be left up to individual vicars to decide whether or not they're happy to offer that. Which is going to make it very difficult for... (laughs) for the clergy on the ground. Of course, because of course it will. someone's yeah. going to come and say, well, down the road, the vicar there is happy to do this. Why aren't mm. you going to, why won't you do it? And yeah, yeah it'll be a and nightmare. It will, them. it will be. And when, and when they say, oh, we're leaving it up to the vicars, what, the, what, what, that, that's, um, that, that's, that's also saying, we'll let you fall on, on your sword, mate. Because <laughs> when, when, when a vicar does want to stand for truth and wants to serve his king, well and says actually no i'm sorry i'm not going to do this 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 blessing because i don't believe it's right or it's biblical he knows he hasn't got the support from those above him yeah because they've essentially left it to him yeah so, because before the answer was well this is the doctrine of the church exactly so it can't be offered yeah well whereas now they're saying oh no we've not changed the doctrine of the church yeah but effectively they have yeah yeah, it, and 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 yeah, you you look at this letter from the bishops, and they start um, predictably with 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 an apology. They say we want to apologise for the ways in which the Church of England has treated LGBTQI plus people. Um, they probably need a uh, an expert to tell them exactly which letters to put in there. I'd imagine uh, both both those who who worship in our churches and those who do not. For the times we have rejected or excluded you, and those you love, we are deeply sorry well look we can agree on um a need to show love to all people in the sense that that man or woman we are speaking to is made in god's image and we um we are under grace and we want them to be under grace and we are not better than them. And I'm sure there have been things which have been done and said which which are wrong, but a kind of a blanket 
apology like this is always a bad idea. Mm. And and that's what this is. It's not specific. It's a blanket apology. Um, And what it does, it it frames everything else that comes after it. Um, So that's that's why that's that's in there. And but then but then I have to. I'm sorry. This isn't funny, but it it is it is. It makes me laugh. I'm afraid in in a bad way. It says in coming to their decision, then and say we have studied the scriptures. Well, I read that and I thought, well, clearly you haven't, because the Bible is actually very clear. Mm. Um, it, it, that that is just nonsense to say that. Well, they don't say what scriptures they've studied no, to draw their don't. conclusions. No, no, of course they don't. Um, paid attention to the church's tradition and listened to wider society as well as to the voice of our sister church and communion and ecumenical partners. Above all, we sought the wisdom of the Holy Spirit in prayer and worship. Well, how does how does what's the primary way that God's Holy Spirit speaks? So is it through God's word? Yeah. So what are they expecting? Are they are, are they are they suggesting therefore that God's Spirit would contradict God's word? Because if they do, well, I'm, that's a dangerous place to be in. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go anywhere near that personally. No. But they seem to be doing that. Yeah, um, and they've not clearly not paid attention to two thousand years of the church's tradition. No. No. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely. But they have not. listened to wider society. They have said that, and that clearly they have listened to wider society. Yeah. I think that's all they have listened to. And then, and then, of course, they say, whenever we encounter diversity, difference and disagreement, we as bishops must remind ourselves of the need to address ignorance, to cast out fear, to acknowledge prejudice, to speak appropriately into repressive silence, to admit hypocrisy and to pay attention to power. Well, that's a very loaded um, sentence suggesting quite clearly that um, anything other than a trajectory towards not only same-sex blessings but same-sex marriage is in their eyes wrong mm. and yet is categorically diametrically opposed to what God's God's word clearly states what Jesus himself made clear mm. so it's incredibly sad it really is it's incredibly sad um and I think they what did they finish it towards the end it said for all of us the bible is central to our understanding and living out the christian faith um it will be to some some bishops for sure, but um, I, th- I I fear that they will be in a minority in this, and and it just feels like the Church of England is 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 imploding, and um, and I know some people think the wheels came off it a long time ago, so there was an inevitability of a of a complete crash, sadly. But it's difficult to know, isn't it, how where to go from here, I think. For the Church of England, that is. Yeah. Yes, it is. And, um, I mean, there's a whole swathe of churches in the Anglican Communion who represent vast numbers, probably the vast majority yeah. of people yeah. in the Anglican Communion yeah. who are pretty much saying, well, I, th- I think they are probably going to, they won't recognise the Archbishop of Canterbury. No. Um, and they just, they won't, they won't accept this. And you have some amazing churches in the Church of England as well. You know, I can, I can think of, and you know, you've got St. Helens Bishopsgate, London, you've got 
St Aldate's, St Ebbs in Oxford. Interestingly, Vaughan Roberts from St Ebbs, somebody who is um, same-sex attracted, uh, he was very clear and very brave about saying where they stand on this. Mm. And again, it it it, mar- it marks it marks them out. Um, I think you have yeah. This is why you have other Anglican communions like Amy, for example, which which I can come under the the the, the wider Gafcon who have have come out of the Church of England but are still um, Anglican. Um, they don't need to deal with this stuff. No. Um, so there is there is I suppose there is. There's always going to be hope, but I'm not sure. It's not for me to say, is it? But I, but personally, just humanly speaking, it, it feels like for the Church of Church of England, I don't know, it, what have they done? <laughs> it's very sad. Mm. Very sad. It is. It uh, is very sad. Um, any any other any other thoughts or comments on that one? Well, I was just I was reading an article by a chap called Albert Moller. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. actually. Um, know quite who he is but um it was a good article yeah he's pretty sad and he said um he was talking about the the lack of clarity in this recipe for confusion um you know and the potential of this just being utter hypocrisy and Mm. he said predictably the bishops were unclear about what exactly they were allowing under the rubric of blessing same-sex unions except that the unions which cannot be performed in a Church of England parish and cannot be presided over by a Church of England minister, may nonetheless be blessed by the same minister in the same church by means of a structure not yet determined, which will nonetheless be some kind of blessing that will, you know, bless. <laughs> it's like... Yes. Yeah. It is. It is incred- <laughs> incredibly confusing, especially and like going back to what you're saying a, a few moments ago, Helen, for, for the um, for, for the local vicar who is wanting to, to, to stand, um, stand his ground on, on what God's word says and to serve his um, parishioners well by pointing them to the truth. He's, he's, he's not only going to be confused by where, what the framework is, but He's going to be, um, you know, fighting for his fighting his own corner, I suppose. So, mm. so here's here's the thing: if you, if you're if you're in a, an Anglican church and you've got a good vicar, pray for them. Go and tell them that you're you're you know you're supportive of them making a stand for biblical orthodoxy for the truth that is very clear from Scripture. It's not up. I don't think it's up for debate at all. It's 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 very clear. Um, and tell them that sometimes i think we yeah. can we we think well it's 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 easy to 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 have conversations with our friends and think yeah i think this guy's doing a really good job but we sometimes it's too easy to forget to actually tell them that yeah, tell them <laughs> so yeah, so just, just make make a point of going to tell them send them an email phone them up go and take them some chocolate or a cake or whatever they like um but yeah i think the the helping them realize they're not on their own is so so important and and i do wonder about this this is not something i've i've particularly looked into so i'm i'm going to be careful try and be careful what i say here but i i do wonder if there is an element of actually cursing people if you give a blessing for what god calls sin 
and what we think is a blessing might actually turn out to be a curse. Um, so, yeah. That's an that's an interesting thought. Um, I, I, I it, it, like I say, it's not something I've I've looked looked into, but um, I'd be very wary for that being a distinct possibility. I think this um, the idea of blessing and and in the Church of England, I've found it generally to be, um, you know, something that's it's quite a it's a precious and holy thing. It's it's something you don't just do, you know, without. It's it's just a careful thing. I think it's a, a holy thing, um, and I love to hear the priest saying a blessing over the people Mm. but this idea of so you're you're asking god to bless something that's 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 like you say if you're if something that god says is a sin if you're then invoking god's blessing onto that situation that's a that's a real that's something with spiritual power that 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 is that you're messing yes, with in is. a dangerous way I, I i think i think it is i think it is and 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 to underline the potential for the not only the people you think you're blessing but for yourself yes um but yeah maybe when, when you yeah. are someone who is giving a blessing um you need to have the fear of God. You do, absolutely. Because yeah. you are acting on God's behalf. Yes. You are yes. giving God's blessing. That's, And that's why in the Church of England, that's not, you know, not anybody can do that. That's why it's, um, you know, when there's a blessing at a baptism or a marriage, it's a very carefully done, carefully crafted serious matter yes yes yeah yeah well and i think i mean we're going to come on a bit more and the next thing we're going to talk about about this um whole area of that i think has been gotten so wrong the difference between the sin and the sinner yeah so you know, sin is sin and it is wrong always. And when God says something is a sin, that's how it is. But the sinner, God loves. And the sinner, he wants to turn from their sin and he wants to offer them the fullness of his salvation and eternal life. So there's a big difference between the sin and the sinner. And so when when we say the sin is wrong, that doesn't mean we can't love the sinner. We're called exactly. to love the sinner. Exactly. So this idea that because we say the church is clear and says this is a sin, that doesn't mean we need to we need to apologize because we've offended the sinners. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to do that in every area of life. We will offend everyone. Yeah. So are we going to apologize to all of the people who commit adultery, all of the people who steal, all of the people who lie? You know, it's all of us. We all do. Mm. 
we all lie. We all make mistakes. We all sin. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, it, it, where, where do you where do you want to um, where do you where do you want to draw the line? Mm. Um, which always has to bring us back to to Jesus and His words and what He said, and you know, making it very very clear. Uh, you know, and, and unless we we also repent, we we will perish. You know, it's, it's we're all in the same boat. We either choose choose Christ through God choosing us, or or we we ignore Him. Mm. There's no other option. Um. Okay, shall we move on? And and yeah. and 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 I've just realised something at the risk of offending the person we're going to talk about, which I I really hope I don't. But I have to ask how how would you say his first name, Helen? Aaron. Aaron. See, that's really interesting because that's I would always say for some reason Aaron. Well, it's interesting because I would always say Aaron in the Bible in Bible readings. I've always since I've been a child heard it said Aaron. Yeah. But then every person I've known, not that I've been vast numbers of people who I've known with this name, they're always, it's always said Aaron. Aaron. Okay. Well, let's, let's so go. So I always it, say someone with that name, I call them Aaron. But if uh, I was reading uh, the passage in the Bible, I'd say Aaron. I'm so, exactly yeah. the same. And, and instinctively, I'd say, I, I would say Aaron, but I think Aaron is probably the safer and wiser choice here. So um, we want to talk about um, a chap called I've got to make sure I say this right now. Uh, Aaron Edwards, and he is a lecturer. Well, uh, he, yeah, he is a lecturer in theology, preaching a mission at Cliff College, which is quite a well-known Bible college, isn't it, Helen? I've, I've heard yeah. of Cliff College. You heard of Cliff College? It's, a lot of I Christians have. have heard of Cliff College. It's, it's fairly fairly well-known. And um, he... He, yeah, he's 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 been a lecturer there for for a while. And um, anyway, cut to the chase here, Tim. Nineteenth of February, he he sent this tweet out, and his tweet said, "This homosexuality is invading the church. Evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're busy apologising for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true." This is a gospel issue, by the way. If sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a saviour. Well, that um, kicked off a little bit of a fuss, shall we say. And uh, 21st of February, he was suspended for two weeks pending an investigation. Cliff College, his um, Bible college that he he um, he works for as a lecturer, uh, they... they Put a kind of little tweet statement thing um, on their uh, pin to the top of their their Twitter page, which says this: We have become aware that one of our lecturers posted some comments on this platform this morning regarding human sexuality. The language used is inappropriate and unacceptable, and does not represent either the views or ethos of Cliff College. Cliff College, with the Methodist Church in Britain, is committed to being a safe and hospitable place where those with differing convictions are welcomed and challenged to live together as faithful disciples of Christ. We aim to do this with mutual respect and generosity of spirit that springs from our biblical and evangelical conviction of God's love. <laughs> Sorry, it's just word soup. God's, God's love for each and for all. Good grief. Um, right, Helen, what have you got to say about this one? 
Well, clearly those with differing convictions are welcomed as long as they're not people like Aaron and his yeah, convictions. Clearly. Clearly. They're not welcome. Even though his profile on the website makes it quite clear his academic interests and orthodox Christian views. Yeah. Very yeah. clear. So that shouldn't be a surprise what he said. Yeah. It looked entirely consistent with what I read on his profile on his on their website. Yeah, and and when you, if you were to look at um, Aaron's Twitter feed, I think you can see you get the impression that actually this this is obviously first of all a, a pretty sound follower of Christ. Secondly, somebody who is is bold mm. and um, and brave. He 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 looks relatively young it's difficult to say actually not that this is a, a major thing but I, I, I do point this out because sometimes again my own sort of um uh, what what we'd call these days as as uh, unconscious bias i think helen um it would would be you know somebody says something like this they must they must be old which i know is ridiculous but anyway he's he relatively Young. He is younger than us. I looked at when well, he's he definitely qualified. very young. Then he's very young because he is younger <laughs> than us. Yeah. <laughs> and and I I'm super super encouraged by by that. I have to say, um, and you know, Bible colleges need people like him, like nothing else right now. Mm. Um, I, I've I've had a I've had an experience being in a uh, speaking in a, a, a Bible college for. Um, just on a short occasion for 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 a number of years now, and it's it's always really great to 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 talk to students who um, are you know have actually stepped out of wanting to wanting to pursue um, a you know theological degree and to look at how God might use them on in a church or on a mission field, and and it, and, it, and it's amazing. But what I have noticed is a slow creep of only what I can describe as wokery into 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 the system, if you like. And whilst it's not um, maybe a game changer, it's noticeable and and slightly concerning. So when this happened with with Aaron, it's like, oh, okay, right, yeah, I, I I can I can you know this I can. I'm not massively surprised in a sense, um, but he 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 is right about what he says, isn't he? Because it's an invading he, he doctrine right. and ideology, yeah. and it's an enemy. It's a, it's a spiritual battle, is this? And we've just talked about the, the the what's happening in the Church of England and how destructive it has been. Um, and I think there's many other things that have been destructive in the Church of England, sadly as well, which contributed towards that. Um, but he's he's spot on when he says, you know, this is a gospel issue because this is the other thing. A lot sometimes you'll talk to um, a minister, a pastor, a vicar, and they'll do this thing. They'll say, well, you know, uh, th this this thing is an open-handed issue, and this thing is a closed-hand issue. So the closed-hand issue would be something like Jesus died on the cross and he uh, rose three days later. We put our faith and trust in him that he paid the penalty of our sin and we trust him with that and we walk with him. We can have we have we are saved, we are being saved, we have eternal life. That is a non-negotiable issue. And I would agree with that. But then they say all oh, something like, um, they might say something like, you know, do you shop on a Sunday? Hmm, okay, yeah, maybe that could be a, 
an open-handed issue. In other words, it's not a salvation issue. But then they might say, oh, well, you know, the issue of, of um, homosexuality, mm, yeah, that could be a... That could be a kind of open-handed issue. It's not. It's not. It's not a gospel issue because we're not. We're not talking about the cross, are we? We're not talking about faith in Jesus. We're talking about whether we accept people with a different lifestyle to what we're used to, and that's the con, because it is a gospel issue. Because if God says something is wrong, if God says something is sin, and you're saying it's okay, then, well. What what what? How how do you explain that to the Lord and Savior who's who's died on a cross? I mean, it's a, like you were saying earlier, Helen. It's the same for all of us. Is this? It's the same for all of us. If we say if we say, well, this thing I I indulge in is not actually a sin, then that puts us that becomes a gospel issue for us because that's interfering with our salvation. Yeah. So. Aaron Edwards is spot on with this. And the fact that a professing Bible college can't see that is alarming. Yeah, it is. And when they say at the end of their statement, um, they say, we aim to do this with mutual respect and a generosity of spirit that springs from our biblical and evangelical conviction of God's love for each and for all. And that's the point there, this inability to to accept the reality of sin and god's love yeah because it's it's as if well because god loves us all which he absolutely does therefore it's almost like we just can't accept that god would say that anyone is doing something wrong yeah yeah it, it, because then we're we're saying that he doesn't love them. Exactly. Or his love is not big enough for them. Yeah. It's like that's that's absolute nonsense. You've clearly not understood the gospel at all then. No. Because exactly. the whole point of the gospel is God's love is so amazing that he can love every one of us despite our sin. He loves each one of us no matter our sin. But that doesn't mean mean that he thinks that's okay. Or, it was or so, leaves us in it. Or leaves us in it. Yeah. It was so not okay. And it is so abhorrent to him that the only way we can be in God's presence, us miserable sinners, I know that's a word that's used in the um, in the Anglican liturgy. And I, lots of people have a problem with that. I find it quite helpful. Us miserable sinners, our, our terrible sin each one of us, the only way that we can be in God's presence is through the blood of Jesus, is through exactly. his dying and his defeating sin and death. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that is the gospel. So if we, are, if we can't accept that we're sinners, then there can be no gospel and there can be no salvation. No. You, 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 you're totally, totally spot on with that, totally right. And and it seems that we the, the the thing the fallback is always God loves us. When 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 it's it's often used by by people who don't have you know a sound orthodox doctrinal argument for something, it just was also well God loves us, so that's okay. Mm. And it's like it's it, it it's kind of like the half truth. It's like well mm. yes God does love us 
like you said, Helen. But um, it, it, it's uh, there's, there's more to it than that. Yeah. God, God, God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to die, that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish, shouldn't perish. So there you go. That's a clue there how serious it is, but have everlasting life. So, yeah. you know, there's a real cost here. And and yeah. and also, it's it's tied into this um, this notion. Well, God God accepts me as it, as as I am. Does he? Where does it say that? Yeah. Where's it? Where do you from. where do you find that? If God, God accepts you, me yeah. as I am. Wait, wait, really? Where, where's really? that from? Because because if if when why did Jesus need to die if that's the case? Yeah. Is it, you know it, this is this is this is this is the 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 the. The challenge we have, the default setting, sadly, is that we are under God's wrath outside of Christ. Yeah. And that only makes the gospel so much greater, only makes God's mercy and grace so much greater. Because then we see, wow, God does love me. He loves me because he, he doesn't want me to stay in like this. And he, he, he accepts me through Jesus. I am unacceptable to God outside of Jesus and and this is what we've got to get our heads around and it, it's not actually that complicated but um, Aaron Edwards clearly understands it very well and I would imagine he'd serve the students sitting in his lectures extraordinarily well yeah. and maybe there's other lecturers at Cliff College likewise I have no idea but as a college as a whole I'm man it's very sad very, very, really very sad. sad. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he, we'll, we'll link to Aaron's Twitter feed. He's worth, he's worth following. Um, so, I mean, for what, I'll just read a, read a, read a couple of them. Um, what, one of, one of them is, is Christians need to become less embarrassed by the content of their Bibles. Well, amen to that. Is mm. spot on there. Um, when another one is when church leaders say precisely what society wants them to say, they should not be surprised one day when society no longer has a need of their church. Mm. Church of England, are you paying attention to that one? Um, and then, then there's another one which is where he says it's quoting two Thessalonians two fifteen, which says this: "So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by a spoken word or by a letter." And then underneath that, he says, "Clearly, Paul forgot to add an expiry date to that verse. Why didn't he tell us that by the twenty first century we could do the exact exact opposite?" Because <laughs> mm, we know better now. Yeah, of course we know better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's and it's interesting. This is just a, a side note, and maybe at some point this is worthy of further discussion. But I'm sure some of you will have noted what's happened up in uh, Wakefield, uh, up in that's up in Yorkshire. If you're not familiar with where that is, um, but there was an incident involving the Koran, where apparently a, a Year Ten student brought in a Koran to school in February um, as as part of a dare, and I think presumably did something to the book and um it caused a massive massive issue and uh basically there's now um reports that um they the, the well the police investigated it as a report of malicious uh 
uh, what did he say? A suspect, a suspect was identified who was a child and they were given a word of advice by the, an officer and then the force, the police force added that they recorded the damage done to the religious text, i.e. the Quran, as a hate incident, but officers were satisfied no criminal offences were committed. So just, just to be clear here, um, the don't think the um, the pupil in question was a Muslim. Um, and um, it was interesting what the, the head teacher said from Kettlethorpe High School, uh, Tudor Griffiths. He said this, uh, we would like to reassure all our community that the holy book remains fully intact and that our initial inquiries indicate there was no malicious intent by those involved. However, we have made it very clear that they their actions did not treat the Quran with the respect it should have so those involved to be suspended and we will be working with them to ensure they understand why their actions are unacceptable. The reason I mention this in link with Aaron Edwards is clearly, you know, Muslims hold their holy book, the Quran, in, in high regard. You don't, you don't, in their eyes, you don't mess with it. If you do mess with it, as, as one, uh, I think, imam said, was saying last week, you, you know, mus- some Muslims would give their life to mm. defend their holy text. And it's just interesting to see the stark contrast between that and the Church of England, or in this particular instance, Cliff College, where the Bible is like, well, you know, we've just got to make sure that the Bible is acceptable to society. And um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, God loves us. That's the most important thing. It's, it's, it's quite stark. Um, but of course, you know, with the whole incident in, in Wakefield, um, Presumably, you know, the, 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 the message that needs to get across to, um, to Muslims in this particular case is that if you're not a Muslim, you cannot expect people to abide by the same rules that you would if you were a Muslim yourself. Um, but there's, that, that's probably worth a, another whole podcast on that one. But they are just mentioned that it's just a kind of a comparison. Have any other thoughts, Helen, on this whole thing? Well, I was just thinking that I think the treatment that Aaron's received is just another example, isn't it, of the punishment and persecution of those holding orthodox biblical Christian views. Mm. I think now we've reached a point where um, if you hold those views, which you know the church through the last 2,000 years has held, expect to get yourself in trouble. Yeah, quite. I mean, you know, the fact that we're allowed to do a podcast talking about stuff that we talk about, and you know, there's many Christians who will do podcasts and will be quite, we, um, what's the word, that, uh, perhaps quite a bit more blunt than than we we would be. Um, but I do, I do wonder. I was wondering the other day, you know, how long are we going to be able to do this before podcast platforms are censored and? Mm what might be described as unacceptable or in quotes hate speech or whatever, whatever else um, label they would like to attach to it, um, how long that's going to come in for. Because, uh, yeah, interestingly, a podcast, this is an aside here, podcast was raised up, I think, as a, um, a potential area where at the moment it's fairly, um, what's the word? Not uncensored, that's not the right word, what? Anyway, maybe it is uncensored. Well, you can you can say things on podcasts at the moment that you wouldn't be able to say on YouTube. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you yeah yeah you get you get um, many people get taken off YouTube, don't they? Which yeah. um, we, I know we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, shall we move on? Yep. Okay. So this this week also we've had a whole thing with um, <clears throat> obviously we were not going to spend ages on this one, but uh, 
WhatsApp leaks. Isabel Oakshot, uh, she co-authored a book. What is it called? Han- Hancock's Pandemic Diaries. Is that what the book was called? Well, I don't know. I think it might be called The Pandemic Diaries. Oh, I, I think I... But Matt Hancock. I'm, book, I'm trying to think. It? I'm trying to think of a, a correct way to describe him. That's that's honouring, and I I can't quite at this moment. Um, but anyway, yeah. I mean, think it's going to be popular. What the book? Yeah. <laughs> no It'd be like Prince Harry's book. I, I, it's been a. Um, this whole episode, as we'll talk about, it, it's been it's been enlightening in in insofar as. It shows the sheer contempt with which we, as the popu- you know, the population of of the UK, are held by the political elite. I think mm. um, it it really is. It's unbelievable. It's so blatant now. They don't even bother disguising it. Uh, well, I assume that the reason he's done this book is because because he still thinks he did an amazing job. <laughs> And he, he wants to I think, yeah. tell everyone what an amazing chap he is and what a great job he did through the pandemic. I assume that's what it's all about. Uh, I, I think I think you're probably absolutely right because he did go on, um, was it, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, was it? Yeah, it should have been like called that. I'm a crook, lock me up. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, he was, he was on, on that. So he, he obviously is somebody who believes his own press and is, is so so far removed from the reality that uh, like you say he's he's um he's really gone off gone off the deep end but yeah isabel oakshot who co-authored this book um, i mean was this an attempt to sell more of hancock's books was it a super elaborate kind of <laughs> scheme i mean you just don't know do you um was was it a genuine whistleblower i think that's probably more likely um but yeah, I mean, she 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 was she's not um, she she she's not she wasn't a pro lockdown person. I don't think was she anyway. No, which, no, she wasn't. Which, she was a lockdown skeptic. So some people, some people, um, like one Sky News reporter, I can't think of her name now. But anyway, she she was she was up in arms about it. Why would Hancock let a let a, a lockdown? Denier, I think the word she used. Uh, I, sh- I should be remembering her name, but I can't. Lockdown oh, denier. Kathy Newman. No, not Kathy Newman. Um, oh, don't start me on her. No. Oh, what's she called? Uh, another one. She's quite. She's. I'm pretty sure it's on. She's Sky. Anyway, she's just. She, she just had this pompous video where she was saying, "Oh, I can't believe you know Matt Hancock. I'm surprised she didn't call him Matty. Um, you know, allowed this this lockdown denier." To, to 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 have access to all these tweets as if somehow she's been mortally wounded and the country's been mortally wounded by by having the lid lifted which you know what many of us have been saying for two years now as this is what's been going on this is what's been happening this is what's been happening saying the same same things over and over again but now it turns out yes this is what has been happening well yep mm. this is sadly the truth um but yeah it's uh cool there's all sorts of all sorts of things come out of it isn't it it's um it, it just it just goes just goes to show how much we've just been you know how much the country was taken for a a ride on the whole issue wasn't it yeah 
Um, and again, it's very sad. It's very sad because because it, it for many people they they would hold our so-called democracy up as a kind of a beacon of how to do things well. Maybe it was at one time. I I, I am not. Sh- I, I couldn't comment on that, but it isn't at the moment. Uh, it's very far removed from that. Um, and this this is just this this whole episode of these last three years has given us a glimpse into the actual reality i think um and and again as christians we don't dwell on this but we should be alert to this because we we can't afford to be caught out again i don't think can we helen no no definitely not um yeah we've said many times haven't we that we we need to be careful to question what we hear and um you know, I think all these things coming out now, are people surprised? Why are they surprised? It's not like people haven't been saying this is what was happening at the time. People didn't want to hear it. The mainstream media didn't say it, I suppose. Um, no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can look at any of these any of these things. I mean, what was he quoted as saying on his whatsapp leak you know sh- let, let's let's um let's release the the new variant tomorrow or something wasn't it the, mm. the so-called kent variant they came with these silly names for things like the same kind of thing they do for storms um and yeah i mean and the the sad thing is that a lot of people who were watching their televisions or reading the newspapers, you know, petrified, seeing, sitting at home, not seeing their families, not hugging their grandchildren when they came over, because they believed the massive pile of lies mm. dumped on them by these people like Hancock and Whitty and Valance and Johnson and Sunak and all the rest of them. It's appalling. Yeah. And it's totally appalling. It, 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 it sadly just completely undermines trust, but... Trust is gone. And and again, from a Christian point of view, it's like you can't trust the government, but you can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think this has to be the message of the church. You know, look, this is the one we put our trust in over here. It's Jesus. And this is what we should have done as the church over the last three years. And I think we... we we didn't get that one that one right. I mean, Laura Dodsworth's book, you know, what she wrote, um, A State of Fear, wasn't it? How how yeah. the UK government weaponised, uh, was it weaponised the pandemic, wasn't it, or something like that? But that yeah. came out when? Was it 2020 or a very early 2021? It, was, it might have been 2021, I think, yeah. In her book, which we talked about ages ago, she she says all this stuff. Oh, yeah. She's, yeah. It's not, it's, this isn't, what's in the Telegraph, you know, is not new. No. <laughs> This has been this has been in the public domain for a long time. Yeah. In fact, the revelations in her book are far greater than oh, they are. Yes. This stuff. Yeah. And and so so if you if you if you've been kind of thinking, wow, I didn't realise about all this stuff by looking at the Telegraph um, WhatsApp leaks, and go and go and read oh, yeah. State of Fear by Laura Des- Dodsworth. Um, yeah. Because that's, we should, we'll put um put, we'll a put a link in to link that. to the yeah. to that and go back and listen to our podcast on it because yeah she had lots to say in that book that was it's really important reading I think yeah um 
and uh, yeah, it's it it is it is a it is a kind of it is a big big thing. Um, and again, it's we like we say we just just want to be alert to what's happening in the world, not to be consumed by it, not to be worried by it. Obviously, that's a bad thing. Don't want to do that. But we we should be we should be aware of it, and most importantly, it should cause us to want to seek the truth. Because there is truth, and it's found in Jesus. It's found in your Bible. And uh, we know that uh, the day is approaching ever closer every minute where Jesus returns. And this is our opportunity to get ourselves ready for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know there, there are people who have vastly differing views on this, but I do think we are closer to that time than perhaps we think. But, yeah. Um and the the other thing that's kind of well, actually, before before I move on to the last thing, have you any anything else you wanted to add or draw out from this one, Helen? Because there are all sorts of things um, we could we could point to. But um, no, I don't think you have so. To we'll get a Telegraph think, subscription. <laughs> yeah, I think they're releasing them. It's like drip feed, isn't it? It I is don't know drip how feed. long they're going to keep going with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> although, although actually, no, I think there is something important here to say. Um, I think it is a distraction. It's a distraction from actually real issues, serious issues. So it's a distraction from the hugely concerning number of excess deaths that we've had, not only in this country, but around the world. Um, Because you don't see that in the news, and that should be headline news. There should be proper investigations as to why that's happening. Um, and I know we've talked about that before, but but this does feel very much like a distraction. Obviously, we've mentioned this again a number of times. The situation in Ukraine is is awful. Um, we're not seeing that in the news, and we're not seeing that in the news because at the moment it's well, it 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 seems to be going the opposite direction for for the narrative. But who knows how the narrative will change in the coming weeks and months? But it will change. It will change, mm-hmm. and we just again need to just be on our toes with that one a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think there is a. It does feels uh, it feels interesting, but it feels like a sideshow. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, who knows the motivations, timing? It's difficult to know, isn't it? It's difficult to know. Yeah. yeah. But certainly the things that, like you say, the things that they should be talking about and things that should be being investigated, primarily the excess deaths. Yeah, they should be, and 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 Nothing. and they haven't been. Sadly, that that is that is still ongoing, isn't it? It's yeah. it's deeply deeply worrying. Uh, well, not worrying, concerning, I should say. And so, yeah, the last last thing, just touch on very briefly, is that um, uh, you know, it's it's official that masks, face masks, don't don't stop transmission or um, being the ability to get infected by a respiratory virus. And again. Many people were saying this for a very long time and way before 2020, actually. Yeah. Way before yep. 2020. Um, but, you know, the science confirms what's been known. And uh, just to, as, a, as a caveat to that, I'm not actually interested personally in what the science confirms because you don't need science to confirm something that is is very clear and very obvious. But for some people, they will need the science. So, so the science does confirm that masks don't work. In yep. in in the 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 way that they were telling us, they did, um, and yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, 
That's yeah. that's significant. Well, they... significant. That that should be again really significant news because that's had a profound yeah. impact on all walks of life, upon relationships. It's strained relationships. It's caused learning issues for young children. Um, even even now, you know, occasionally you'll be walking down the street outside and you'll see somebody quite often an older person wearing a mask and it's just tragic they mm. shouldn't be doing that it's not good for them but clearly they some they've been yeah they've been i know hammered an older lady thing. she won't go into any shop any public place without a mask on all of the time yeah and um, and it's it's really sad and you know, I expect people say, oh, well, you know, you're just saying, well, I told you so. But we knew before all this started, before yes. COVID was even a thing, wearing of masks was not part of any plan that we had in this country. Um, you know, and for a while they said, didn't they? No, we're not going to be yeah, doing that did. because it's not helpful. Um, it could even, you know, cause more spread because people won't use them properly. And and then all of a sudden, just overnight, it all changed because, well, well it, it, it was about. in the summer, wasn't it? In the summer of 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when, when it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so it, it was always nonsense. Anyone, we, we've talked about this before, anyone with just a simple understanding of, of you know, science and understanding what a virus is and how tiny it is would know that a piece of cloth over your face would never do anything um, now we know that even the the surgical masks, no, they will do nothing. N95 and even these super ones sophisticated don't do N95 yeah. masks, no, they'll do nothing. Um, no. Just completely useless, pointless. Um, but interestingly, this study, which is apparently a very, very comprehensive study, bringing in all the, you know, all of the studies that have been done. Um, we'll, we'll, link, showed, we'll link to it in a in a podcast yeah, so you can have a look at it for it. yourself. Um, might, showed, not, might need a day to read it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, apparently it would take a long time to read the whole thing, but showed no significant difference uh, at all. So we now know that it's completely pointless. But where's the statement saying, we're sorry about that? We wasted a lot of money. Yeah. We have wrecked the environment with all this plastic waste. And we will promise we will not do this again. But they're not going to say that, are they? No, because no. again, going back to the, the, the WikiLeaks, it comes back to kind of coercing people, putting fear into people. It's about getting people to comply. Um, this Orwellian, Orwellian totalitarianism, which we have seen time and time and time again. Uh, and bring it back yeah. to, bring it back to, you know, faith, trusting in Jesus. It, 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 it's important that we, that we, as best as we are able, I think that's important to say, but as best we are able to stand for truth, to not just go along with the flow because that might be expedient or that might be the easy thing to do, which is very tempting, actually. Yeah. It's very tempting. It's, it, you know, those of you listening, probably I'm sure some of you listening to this will have had experiences from the last three years where you found it really hard, where you've perhaps been the only person in your family who has said, hold on a sec, this isn't right. I'm not going to wear a face mask or I'm, I'm not going to get this this vaccine because I want to wait and see what, what the you know what the long-term data says and we just don't have that yet. Or, you know, I, I, I am going to go and hug my son or my daughter because I love them and they need a hug from me. I'm not going to be told mm. by 
um, some you know, you know totalitarian despot in Whitehall mm-hmm. that I can't do this. And that's hard. That's hard to be the only person in the room or going to church and being the only one willing to sing or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. the point is standing for truth is worth it. It's important. Yeah. And as followers of Christ, we, that's what we should be doing because if we're not standing for truth, then what are we doing? We, we, we've got to yeah, encourage one another with with that, I think, and and again, these are good topics of conversation to have with children. If you, if you do have children, you know, talk about this stuff with them around the dinner table. It's a great opportunity to like, you know, think. Okay, well, what do you think about this? And do you think we could have done it differently? And 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 have these conversations and and indoctrinate your children with yeah, good things. Definitely indoctrinate them with yeah, good things. That's a parent's and job. Them, it is their parents' job, and encourage them to. To learn how to stand up for things. Um, yes. You know, it might be something simple like in the playground, if you see someone who's being left out or someone's being unkind to them, you know, learning how to do something about that, which yeah. can be hard. Yeah. Yep. You know, going and talking to the one that everyone says is odd or standing up for the one who's being teased and you know, being a friend towards them, that can be really hard going against the crowd, but it's an important lesson to learn how to do that. It's it's a vitally important lesson, life lesson. Yeah. And sometimes they're, you know, not all all the time, sometimes it can be hard and it's costly and and that's that. But sometimes there can be rewards from that as well. Sometimes, you know, you find, oh, actually... There's a new friendship that might develop there or, you know, actually my standing up, people respect me now because I did that. Or it meant that someone who wasn't brave enough to stand up has also stood up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so, it's so, it's so important. And, and, and again, it's, we need one another in this. We need one another to, 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 um, to support her, to support us, to support us each other, to remind each other what's what's right. That whole thing of you know iron sharpening iron, um, because sometimes you know I might not get well. I know I don't get things right. I make mistakes. I say things I shouldn't say or don't do things I should do, and I need somebody else to say, "Hold on, Tim. You know, do you think you should have done that or or whatever?" And come along and say that, and and that's how we grow. That's how we. Yeah, move forwards in our faith and uh, able to serve Jesus well. So this is why we called it re- revival or survival because we started out pretty much with revival, but we're we're talking about as we get towards the end about survival and and that might sound a little, I don't want that not in a fatalistic way. Don't mean it like that, but in terms of you know we've we've got to keep keep fighting for the truth and um, standing up for what we know to be right and pointing people to the Lord Jesus Christ and encouraging one another to do that because it is hard. It is hard. And um, that's key. Shall we finish with uh, something from the Bible? Be good, wouldn't it? Always a good thing to do. Yep. So if I read from Colossians 4, starting at verse 4. um, So this is talking about proclaiming the mystery of Christ. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. 
Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Yeah, that's that's really apt, isn't it, for the things that we've been covering in this this podcast. Um, we do we do need wisdom, um, acting towards how we act towards outsiders. In other words, those who are not followers of Jesus yet. Um, and making the most of the opportunities that God gives us. And let your conversation always be full of grace. And yeah, that, that, that means, you know, we should be gracious. But also pointing people to the grace that is found in the cross of Christ. Mm. I think that's really, really key. And, uh, you know, seasoned with salt. Salt makes a difference. It, it has an effect. It's noticeable. You can't. You, you put salt in something, and you think you're not. You're not going to not notice it. You're going to recognise. Oh, there's saltiness, isn't there? Mm. <laughs> and that's what we're called to be. Um, and that you may know how to answer everyone. So, in other words, not shying away from truth, not shying away from pointing people to Christ. Um, and do you want to just read the other bit? There was another bit, wasn't there? From yes. Jude, like Jude. And verse three to four. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who changed the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Yeah, it packs it packs a punch, doesn't it, Jude? It's a, a short oh, book, yeah. but really doesn't mince doesn't mince the words there. And and I think there's a kind of there is a sort of a, a, a some real tie-ins with what you read in Colossians. Um, because again it's about being firm on the truth standing for what is right recognizing that there will be those sadly who are not standing for the truth the god godless men uh, godless men and women who change the grace of our god into a license for immorality and deny jesus christ our only sovereign and lord and denying jesus christ it could be an overt clear denying of him or it could be denying him by just undermining his words and the word of God as well. Yeah. Um, it's that's also very possible to do and sadly does does happen. And so yeah, I think just to encourage you listening to this, contend for the faith that was yeah. once for all entrusted to the saints. It doesn't change. I'm afraid, C of E, it doesn't change. Um it's not it's not a there's no revisionism here. Um but we are called to contend for the faith. And as we contend for the faith, as we have conversations full of grace, seasoned with salt, um, making the most of every opportunity, we, we encourage one another to do that. Um, so, yeah, we hope this has been uh, interesting and encouraging. We will link to the various bits and pieces we've mentioned. Um, do Do have a look at Aaron Edwards' uh, info is he's he's supporting worth supporting and do 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 
pray for him because I'd imagine, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I would imagine, you know, potentially his, his, his job is on the line. But, you know, I don't know anything more than that. I'm just making an assumption there. But yes, so def- definitely pray for him and pray perhaps that his Bible college might have a... Um, uh, an epiphany, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I suddenly realise, oh, hold on a sec, we've gone badly wrong here. It's possible. You never know. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? That would be good. Anything to, to add on that one, Helen, as we finish or as you? No, I think that's a good place to finish where we have in Jude. I think uh, just that contending for the faith uh, that was once for all entrusted to the saints and we are the saints. Yes, we are. And that has been entrusted to us. That's an amazing privilege and awesome responsibility which we need to take seriously. Yeah, no, we do. We do. Well, that's a very uh, helpful uh, pointer to finish on. Um, You can find us in the normal places. And if this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, um, great that uh, um, I was going to say have you with us. I know that that's what people say, isn't it? I, I don't know who you are, but um, <laughs> but it's great that you're listening. If you do want to um, get in contact with us, uh, you can. Um, it's a bit like the A-Team. If you really want to do it, you'll be able to find a way. Um, and we you know, we have a link tree thing on, on the Podbean site, which gives the various links to things like uh, the t- uh, Telegram group. We're on a small Telegram group, which you're very welcome to join if you want to. We just post um, things which we think are interesting, encouraging, challenging on there. And you can, of course, contact us from there if you want to. And there's also Helen's excellent Substack where she writes, uh, and that's really, really good. So I do encourage you to have a look at that. And if you think that uh, this podcast will be helpful to other people you know, please do share it. Please do let them know. We'd encourage you again to have a listen to the Dave Brennan chat we did on the last one. Um, hopefully we've got some more things in the in the pipeline, uh, but um, can't say any more than that at the moment. But But we are working on various bits and bobs. Um, yep. Anything I've missed? Have I missed anything? I've probably missed something. No, I'm I think that's something. all. That will do. Right. Cool. Right. Well, thank you for listening and uh, see you on the next one. Yep. Bye. The Owl and the Badger.